Broadcasting to Yalltown and the surrounding rural area on 104 FM. You're in tune with Community Radio Yall. Hi, I'm Nev. Hi, I'm Aaron. You're welcome to the Bench Farmers and CRY 104FM. Coming up, we are joined by Team Yall's Brian Fitzgerald. A round above the GA action from around the country. All the weekends, Barclays Premiership uh, football, mixed washings for Irish teams in the Rabo Direct, and all the best of the rest from the weekend sporting action, so stay tuned.
Okay, that was Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. And you can text us on 87 and phone 024-911-99 and also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. What I'm delighted to say now, we are joined by Brian Fitzgerald, a member of Team Yall, who uh, who thought it would be a good idea to cycle across America and Ireland. Um, tell us, Brian, uh, where did you come up with this idea in the first place? Anyway? Well, I didn't come up with the idea. Yeah. I was just one of the ones that said, yeah, I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so that basically I kind of, I'm an agreeable kind of person, <laughs> you know, so that I found myself and talked yeah. into it. Yeah. And uh, we we had gone round Ireland twice. Yeah. The team had gone round Ireland twice, so that that would have been the second longest in Jones race in the world, really. Yeah. Mightn't, mightn't think that. Yeah. But Ireland is actually a very, very good stepping stone for anybody is, yeah. thinking about going across America. I say Team Yall because it actually, it really was, it's not just about the cyclists, it really was a team effort. There was a background crew and all that involved. Oh, a fabulous background crew. And really, I suppose, you know, most of the plaudits should go to them because um, as regards cyclists, um, we gave ourselves a amount of time to prepare, yeah. and we knew exactly, really, what was happening. You know, now there, there's always the unforeseen. Whether you go around Ireland, whether you, when you go out in the morning, really, yeah. there's the little bits and pieces that don't really come together as expected. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas bringing together a crew, they didn't really know what to expect. Yeah, you know, they just said, "Look, okay, Brian, if you're going." I'll follow you, you know? And that's how we kind of gathered the crew, really. Somebody knew somebody else. I'd say very little, with the exception of maybe three or four, had anybody any experience of distance cycling uh, on the crew, you know? So that they couldn't really prepare. What kind of um, training did you do before the race? Training beforehand, I think from... Probably from January until June, we had it out in June. But from January, we logged up about, I'd say, in the region of around 3,000 miles. Yeah. Some some would have more than others. Some had gone as far as 4,000 miles, and yeah. some had done 2,500 miles, yeah. and for various reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, you just, I suppose, when you're training for something like that, you don't really know what to expect. So more than anything else, you probably tend to overtrain. I think most most people involved in sport, they'll tell you uh, they overtrain. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's a huge problem in sport yeah. in general. But you, you, it's hard to prepare for something, you know, because you're, you're away from home, you're living on the road, and it's every day rough for a cycle. Like you, at home, you can go home and you can have a nice dinner after you cycle. In America, I'd say you don't have a nice dinner after you cycle. You don't have a nice dinner, and some days you don't have any dinner because maybe depending on where you are and what you're doing, like, you know, yeah. that if you're, like, I can remember days in the Rockies where... You tell me did you went to the McDonald's one day, did you? Or we that? went in, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that would be fabulous grub altogether. Yeah, yeah, that Jeez. would be good grub when you're really hungry. Calories, that will, calories, calories is what you're looking for. Anybody listening to us now today who are thinking kind of around Christmas time, what would be a good thing for Christmas? A bicycle. I'd highly, <laughs> highly recommend it. Yeah. I'm already after being out for a spin this morning. I actually heard you go on this morning. Yeah. I was about to say it. Yeah. <laughs> we had an out this morning, and I'm after kind of involving myself in a holding match in a football match <laughs> sense. Yeah. And I'm after kind of really, I'm after indulging in the best of tomorrow's dinner yeah. as well. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at uh, some of the cyclists that did it uh, yourself, Christy McCarthy, uh, Kieran Gregor, I'll name some more, but. Um, 
like actually like you're all old enough now you're not no spring chickens now anymore but they must have been never mind physically mentally it must have been very tough endurance I was surprised to find that probably more of the cyclists would be of in our age category than the guys, you know, the in the 20s and 30s. Because, you know, that when you look at most of the lads, really, like, they're coming from a background of endurance, really. Like, Joe yeah. Flanagan has been running for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, I've McCarthy. ran a few marathons, you know, and uh, most of the lads come from that kind of environment really yeah, yeah. and as you get a world or and as you get a world or you know you're when the going gets tough you're inclined to you're, you're, you're inclined to dig a bit deeper maybe than yeah. younger lads you have a little bit more experience and you know you don't kind of you know you're more relaxed about it all really yeah. and yeah. that helps that helps immensely Jeez. Yeah. younger fellas usually are the sprinters kind of and that's it that's it you know that uh, it's a case of we'll take it easy lads and you know, there's a long road ahead. Yeah, you yeah. know, especially when you start in a, one side of America and, you know, you can't get too excited for the first couple of years, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, yeah. like, you know. Okay. The, the first half of the race, that was very, kind of, it, was, it, was high, it was high altitude, wasn't it? The, yeah, uh, we were climbing. The Rockies. The first, we were heading into the Rockies. We hit the Rockies early. And, yeah, the Rockies was an extraordinary experience. Really, been a fabulous like, trip, really, like. Fabulous know. trip, fabulous trip uh, from the point of view of, you know, first... The anticipation of it all, we didn't really know. Like when we were preparing, different lads chose different methods of preparing. Like, you know, that yeah. uh, little things like, um, you know, I made a point of when I'd be after my spin that as the weeks progressed, I was kind of, I went up Cock Hill once and then I'd go up there the second time yeah. and then I'd go up there the third time and eventually I ended up kind of climbing Cock Hill six times after me spin, yeah. just to be sure, to be sure, you know, which yeah. made sure that I was kind of, I was actually injured before yeah, I went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a bit of a job to get me to the starting line, but with a lot of work from Jimmy Healy and a few of the lads, they yeah. sorted me and I did get there, yeah. Got a bit of your own medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, for um, for people that think you just did it, um, but you raised uh, an awful lot of money for the Emer Casey Foundation, didn't you, Brian? Yeah, 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 we kind of had taken the Emer Casey Foundation on board for the spins around Ireland for the race around Ireland and it originally was set up for that purpose you know yeah. so that yeah it was the Eva Casey Foundation was the beneficiary yeah. uh, for the race across America as well a lot of great people came on board Fire Dog Magnus to mention a few there was quite a bit of sponsorship came in yeah. uh, might I say that everybody paid their own we all paid our own expenses all crew member anybody that came on board yeah. came on board Wait a check and pay their own, yeah. pay their own way there, you know. Would you Everything that was collected was collected for the foundation. Yeah. And most of the work was actually, most of the collections and most of the fundraising actually happened uh, throughout America and uh, with the various organisations that were involved with us as Would well. Would you ever think of doing it again or was it just a once-in-a-lifetime experience really, was it? Um, you know, we'll think about it. To still, <laughs> to still, each year I'm after year by doing a little bit of something different, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. And, like, an eight-man team was a fantastic experience. There are four-man teams. There are over 60s teams. There are mixed teams. There's loads of opportunities for doing something different. Yeah. And you within that kind of scope, you know, you can never say never. Like, there have been people on already. Um, obviously... More so than anything else, what you accumulate is you accumulate a wealth of experience. Yeah. Yeah. And people that are thinking about doing it have been saying, well, 
you know, there's been a few phone calls here and there. Lads, would you like to come on board again? Would you, you know, so that there's, I never say, never say, never, yeah, you know. Yeah. Mind you, I hope Cree isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what you said? A team, a four man, eight man team. What's the team mean? Like, you know, because well, cycling, cycling is kind of, I think of it as an individual kind of sport, you know. It it's on your bike, and you're from like course, within, yeah. the, within the sport, obviously, it's a huge distance, lads. Yeah. And do you know what? Basically, what we were doing was we we were actually the first Irish team, and we were conscious not alone were we the first UL team. We were not alone. We were representing our town, and we were proud of that. But we were also the first Irish team, eight man team. Yeah. yeah, you know, and we were conscious of that. We were conscious of that, you know, and um, we were as an eight man team when we were going out there. There had to be a strategy. Yeah. You could put the eight guys on the road together if you wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, you could put kind of, you know, you could divide it up in different ways. Yeah. You know, what we decided to do was two four-man teams. Yeah. You know, which meant that you had a four-man team uh, on the road. That meant they were on for eight hours. Yeah. You could decide to leave it for six hours. You could leave, decide to leave it for two hours. When we went to America, there was some, we've never heard of anybody to us doing for eight hours. We'd only be looking at kind of four hours would be the maxer, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But that's the way we kind of set it out. It seemed to suit us well, and it stood. It gave us a good time, and it stood by us well, you know. You must have uh, just for people that think it was uh, it wasn't all fun, but you mu- you must have had good crack over there as well, like, you know. Did you? Uh, yeah, there was when we finished. Tough times too, though. When we f- <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. good crack came beforehand, uh, putting the bikes together and preparing and making plans. And yeah, there was good times. There's yeah. always good times. There is indeed, you know. But um, peculiarly enough, although it's a team sport, and although it was a eight man team, yeah, uh, with backup as well. Another, I think we had maybe eight or, eight or ten backup. We had ten backup. Yeah, you know, you were always cycling on your own. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So that you were a solo cyclist when you went on the road, but you also had to navigate. Yeah. You also had to drive. And you kind of bought into a seat in the car, really. Like, that's what you were buying into, you know? So uh, you came off, you got into a recovery seat. After recovering, then you had the option maybe to, I'll navigate the next, I'll navigate the next stent, you know? So you'd navigate, you'd decide to drive. And then after that, you're back out in the road again, yeah, yeah. and your so turn comes. Yeah, your turn comes wrong quite quickly. And if there's a, if there's a, if there's an accident or if there's a problem, you know, you're out on the road again. You're aware. Yeah. Uh, you're dealing with an awful lot of heat. Yeah. And like one of the important things, like, was to get guys in, keep their core temperature down. Uh, you know, so you were taking a huge amount of liquid on board, taking a lot of salt on board, going up through the Rockies. We went into the Rockies maybe at. I think it was maybe 84, 85 degrees going into the Rockies. Yeah. And as we climbed, it got warm. And then after, as the evening came in, uh, we, hit the, yeah, we hit the snow line. And like you were, you know, you were looking, you were looking at snow. Yeah, a yeah. 30 degree temperature difference. Like. That's right. Yeah, yeah, a huge difference. Like um, minus 10, maybe, I think at some stage somebody said, we are minus 20 coming down the other side. The other side, actually, they call it the glass elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they actually call it a glass. It's kind of you go over the hill and it it it's drops down after that. Like, yeah. you know, and it's a, it's a, it's, it's 
uh, they tell you there's no barriers either side, sir, and you just pull your brakes intermittently so that you don't warm the rims, <laughs> yeah. and you just kind of sit in the middle and just rock it down the hill, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, you've got a guy behind you in a van, and there's cold sweat running off of him because <laughs> his great problem is if I stay too far away, you're not going to have sufficient light. If and if I stay cold. too close, well, lads, if he comes down, I may have to kill him. Yeah. And we're one less on the team. Yeah. <laughs> not a good way to be. But um, just on that, you had to adapt to a lot of things because I remember you telling me a funny story that one of your cyclists got lost or something, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the cyclists got lost. And one of the lads came on board, actually. Gordon came on board and Gordon's job was actually to mind brain. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right. And Gordon said, Cree, don't worry about it. I'll look after Brian, you know. He'll yeah. be okay while I'm with him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gordon was actually my backup, like, you know. So anyway, I think maybe, I can't remember now where we were going through anywhere, but we put in, the, what would happen is that you check in at a time station. Yeah. You zero your clock at the time station. You phone in to say we've arrived at such and such a time station, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that automatically contacts satellite, and that comes straight onto. Uh, onto the website to see Brian and the team and Cree would be sitting up maybe two o'clock in the morning (laughs) and say oh thanks for the god they're after arriving there and there's no phone call yet they're all okay like (laughs) you know and they spent countless hours watching television to know where where were we that was their contact with us really you know but we pulled in anywhere to a service station and zero the clock and we had said the cyclist would has to come in as well yeah um, but while we were zero on the clock, we had to get some juice and we told him carry on. And the next thing was, he was gone. And when we pulled into the service station, there was actually, uh, the notes would say, exit to the right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was actually four exits. <laughs> you know? And nobody took note to where, which, which exit did your mind go out? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So he's all of a sudden gone. And we were saying, well, look, it should be to the right. And we went out the road about seven or eight miles anyway, no sign of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we came panic, back in and we said there was a panic at that stage. Yeah. And it was maybe 86 or 85 degrees. It was really warm. And the next thing was we said, we'll go in the opposite direction and we'll see where we find him, you know. Yeah, yeah. We went out the opposite direction. There was no sign of him either, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So we rang in BS anyway and the guys, no. You'll probably be getting about two hours sleep during the course of the day by the time you're after getting your gear sorted, yeah. grub, and get your head down. But you've also got to get up, get to a certain destination wherever they are. So you're probably settling for about two hours sleep in the yeah. head. And if you're getting two hours in, you're doing well. Yeah. You're doing very well. But we had to get the guys out of bed anyway that were resting. I uh, said to them, look, we'll have to lose him. Brian is last. We said, Gordon sat up in the bed <laughs> and water ran off him. How am I going to be able to tell Cree? <laughs> <was his bad. laughs> I've lost him. <laughs> Do you know? So Gordon was into a care and a few lads went off at him looking for Brian. But it was actually Brian Heher, yeah. you know. And what had happened actually is Brian, he, you would need navigation notes that we would actually be telling him through a speaker and our care. You know, yeah. through the lights, hang a right, 10 miles, crossroads, <laughs> we'd arrive, hang yeah. a left at the crossroads, down the hill and whatever, you know. Yeah. And that's how navigation was done because he wouldn't have any notes, you know. Yeah. But what had actually happened was he realised that quite quickly when the car didn't come in behind him that it was a problem. But we had been racing a Chilean team 
and uh, he could see the Chilean team up the road and he actually followed the Chilean team. So if they were going home for supper, Brian was going home for supper. <laughs> but in actual fact, they were still on the route and they were still. So we picked him up after an hour or so, but he was after being baked. Yeah. yeah Not yeah. a happy camper. Yeah. <laughs> He, he could still be cycling now if you didn't find him. <laughs> still looking for him. Do you all Jersey on him? Up in Alaska. It's definitely a truly remarkable story. But what, what I thought totally made it uh, remarkable was is it true that you did a race when you hopped off the bikes then and uh, wherever you ride? Yeah, we came back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He actually came back to Central Park and there was actually a 10k run in Central yeah, Park. Yeah. You know, so we decided, yeah, we'd finish a bit. We finished off in Central Park. Mind you, there was after being a few pints drank at that stage. Yeah. <laughs> there was after being a bit of partying. And, yeah, we decided to, we did a 10K run after that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, we survived it. We survived it. Yeah, and it was a fantastic and a totally different experience, I'd say, for everybody. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that um, I'd say if you were to have somebody somebody else in here now, if you had Brian or Joe or... They'd have Karen. gotten something. They'd have gotten something completely different, different out of it. You know, yeah. hugely emotional in places. Like, you know what I mean? There was emotions were kind of up and down every day. You know, and you were yeah, digging yeah. so deep to get over the hill, yeah, yeah. and then down the other side, and we were flying, and we were going to be able to do it. And you question yourself so many times during the day, like you know, and you'd say, uh, you know, Is but when you see when you see other guys and what they are doing, like we came across. Uh, extraordinary people out there, yeah. you know, we, like there were really extraordinary people, kind of, you know, there was an American vets team there now, for instance, like they had all come back, they had all come back from war and they had either suffered, they were either amputees or they were after maybe one guy who was after taking a bullet to the side of the head and yeah. he had lost part of it, you know, yeah. and there was a guy, I can remember late one evening, and this guy passed me down the road and he'd only one leg. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> This is serious. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. serious, I was saying. You know, there, was, there, was another there was another team, uh, uh, an America, another American team there. And one of the girls that was cycling, she had an accident yeah. uh, fortnight or three weeks beforehand. Yeah. Uh, and she said, you know, I, I'm definitely going to do. She was after breaking her. She was after cracking her pelvis. Yeah. You know, which, yeah, that's yeah. a sore one. She was one, she was the f youngest person to cross. I'm sure if you look it up on Facebook there, you'll yeah. get a name. I can't remember her yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was actually the youngest person to cross, uh, to cross the Atlantic in a rowing boat. Do you know, they're the type of Great people stories. that were out there, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, and yeah. she said, well, I'm going to do this thing anyway. So she got a recumbent. Yeah, and she actually she spent maybe we were we were racing we were around one of their, their team now for quite a bit of time as well at different stages, and she was in a recumbent lying flat, yeah. pedaling with her hands, and she was driving that thing, you know, and she was taking some fair risks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for the last two days, she was actually backing out on the bike. Remarkable stuff. Remarkable, yeah. fantastic yeah. people, yeah. you know. Stories that you'd hear one of the women that, one of the women that, uh, solo cyclists, uh, she... Katie Spots. Yeah, Spots. that's the, that's yeah. the lady. 22, yeah. Yeah, that's the lady, yeah. yeah. That's the lady, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the, one of the solo cyclists, she finished second and 
um, after four days or five days on the bike, you can imagine from she was a solo cyclist, so she was she was maybe taking half hour naps here and there. Yeah. But from being in a cycling position with her head down, the muscles in her neck, you know, started to get distended. She couldn't lift her head. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So she spent five days. And they made up a hair. What they did is they made up a harness. Yeah. And they actually tied her hair into the harness to keep her hair to to keep her head up. Yeah. So she could actually see where she was going. Amazing. She stories. came home second. Yeah. You know when you see people yeah, like, like that. Uh, when you see people like that. One of our own cyclists we came across him at maybe I think we had three hundred and sixty miles to go, and we came across Cutlass and he was he was he was snacking and he was changing bike. And he, uh, he was, lads, we've a conquer, we've done, do you know, and to see him after cycling, that man after cycling, all of the thing on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would make, it would make you humble, really. All right, yeah. Brian, we have we to, because we, 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 we'd love to stay here and chat for the day, but time is pushing on. But just to yeah. finish up, um, what's the future then for Team Yard? Are you going to keep it on going or? I'm sh- I, I don't know. I was only, I'm only a cyclist that was asked to do an yeah, event, yeah, yeah. you know. We had Angus O'Brien and fabulous people who, uh, George Flanagan, who organised the event. I was just a cyclist, you know. Yeah. And if, I'm sure the team you all will indulge itself in something yeah. for the future as well. I'm sure they will, you know. Right. You all maybe maybe a different cyclist from you all. I've no doubt, like there's fabulous cyclists in the club and they'll take up the mantle and do something different. Yeah. You know, so there's and a good future that, ahead. Yeah. yeah, fabulous future when you see 24, 25 cyclists on the road of a morning. Yeah. Like, you know, and as I say, um, for around Christmas time, you can't be that you'll burn yeah. plenty of calories. You needn't be worrying about the chocolate. You'll <laughs> only have to get lashings of that stuff on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you're going to hold on for the GA? I'll hold on and we'll have a listen to how the All GA right. went for the day. We'll be back after this. Broadcasting to Yalltown and the surrounding rural area on 104 FM, you're in tune with Community Radio Yall. Enjoy a festive family Christmas at Greenburn Garden Centre, Saturdays and Sundays. You can book breakfast with Santa in the cafe, visit her live crib where animal feeding time is at 11am and roam around Greenburn where Santa is collecting letters and giving out treats. Free kids Christmas crafts, treat yourself to lunch in the bistro with mince pies, puddings and mulled wine and choose your real Christmas tree at Greenburn. Remember, children's toys now in stock and 10% off Christmas decorations. Come to Greenburn this Christmas. Free lunch for children under 10, one child per paying adult. For bookings, call 024-901-66. Touch of Class Ladies Fashion Boutique, 66 North Main Street, Yall. Fabulous autumn collections now in store to suit all occasions from sizes 10 to 20. Fantastic selection of accessories to complement any outfit. Deposits now taken for Christmas. For that perfect gift this Christmas, give a Touch of Class gift voucher. Call Tess or Teresa now on 024-91255 or visit Touch of Class. So, why are more and more people buying them? It's really well built. Yeah, it's so well designed. Mine's really economical. My kids will be grown up before the warranty runs out. It never lets me down. My road tax is so low. Check out the all-new Kia range at Yall Kia Cork Road Yall. Call Patrick Jason Owen 024 939 or visit yallkia.com. Yall Kia are the proud sponsors of the JR Country Show, Monday nights on CRY 104 FM.
O'Neill's Oil, Coal and Gas, 132 North Main Street, Yall, keeping you warm this winter. O'Neill's, your local fuel merchants, meeting all your heating requirements, stocking quality Polish coal, blocks, briquettes and colour causing gas. Offering unbeatable quality and value, O'Neill's is your local authorised ESO dealer for same-day delivery service, stocking all grades of oil. Phone us today on 024-91930 to place your order. Finbar and Michael John would like to thank all our customers for their continued support and we would like to wish you all a very happy Christmas and a prosperous New Year. Why not let Sunflower Cookery take care of all your catering needs for that special event? Mary Kay Solomon of Sunflower Cookery is available for catering, cooking demos and food demonstrations. A graduate of the Ballymaloo Cookery School, Mary Kay specialises in a variety of different cuisines to suit your tastes and budget. For bookings, call 086-8277-117 or email sunflowercookery at iol.ie. Pat Short here, inviting you to Pat Short's Bar, Castle Martyr, a traditional Irish pub serving food from 12 to 5 daily and up to 8pm Thursday to Saturday. There's great live music this week at Pat Short's. On Friday night, it's a great trad session with Nigel Grufferty and friends from 9.30. And on Saturday night, December the 3rd, the fantastic drum brew alive in the bar from 10.30. Pat Short's Bar, Castle Martyr. You never know who you might meet there. Season's greetings from Alison and staff at the newly refurbished Yall Pharmacy, 149 North Main Street, Yall. Stocking a wide range of skincare products, including Dr. Hushka, Trilogy, Body Shop, Vichy and Dead Sea Magic. Come in and see our wonderful range of Christmas gifts for all the family. We have the perfect gift for you this Christmas. Let Alison and staff take care of all your health care and beauty needs during the festive period and all year round. Call Yall Pharmacy now on 024 Broadcasting to Yalltown and the surrounding rural area on 104 FM, you're in tune with Community Radio Yall. You are indeed, and you can text us on 087-2544-745, and you can phone us on 024-911-99. And we're still joined here by Brian Fitzgerald, because, Brian, you were actually heavily involved with the, I'm just going to put it to a quick, um, with the Yacht Herders this year, and just a different perspective on it. Would you say it was a uh, great success, or...? Uh, I'm involved with the hurling, involved with hurling and football for the last few years. Um, I just do physio for them. I do yeah. first aid for them, and I do physio for them as well. You know, yeah. and um, that would be my involvement in it. You know that uh, I wouldn't be coming from a hurling background or anything like that. Yeah. But it's amazing when you have three or four years with the lads. You, you know, you bind together as a yeah, group, yeah, like yeah. you know, and it causes you to miss kind of fully important things at home uh, <laughs> anniversaries yeah. and there's a match on today we can <laughs> you know yeah, yeah and uh you know but yeah you get yeah you, there's a there's a fantastic there's a fantastic team spirit there at the minute like you know All brilliant right. team we better not stay too long but just on a quick will you will you hang in next year to bring the county home hopefully next year you all will be you all will be there or thereabouts again you know that it's amazing I was listening I was listening there or there not so long ago to to Mick while and he was saying lads there's only there's only a grain of salt he said there's only yeah. a grain of salt that balances that that, that, that balances the scales really yeah, you know yeah. and really like we've been that close on numerous occasions now a huge element of luck, huge element of who's going to be injured, who's now going to be missing, and all of the worst things swinging in your favour. If the conditions are right, we, we are better than most teams in the county. Yeah. Um, we've been unlucky, we've been missing players, we've been unlucky that we've had injuries, we've been unlucky that we didn't score that last point that we needed and, and three or four occasions. Teams that have gone on to, I can remember bleeding Blairney in the league a few years ago, Blairney went on to win in All-Ireland, you all, you all 
got nothing out of it. We beat playing the uh, cock were playing above in the athletic grounds and by the time I'd say we were below in the athletic grounds and playing they wouldn't still left off the field they were after getting such a talk into <laughs> after the bad match they played against yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's uh, we'll move on. Anyways, um Aaron, I'll put this one to you. Uh, did you watch the Munster football final today? Dr. Croke, three fourteen. You used to see two ten. I didn't know, but uh, apparently Dahi, uh, Dahi, Dahi um, Regan, Dahi Casey. Sorry, the he's UCC player. Yeah, he's centre forward for UCC. He had uh, he scored two four, I think today or two three right. today. Yeah. Uh, massive player for them. Massive for, player, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing that a player for he played all the championship games for UCC and then he, he couldn't play UCC in the, in the monster. Then he goes That's on right, and yeah. beats UCC a with fabulous Brooks. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Peculiarly yeah. enough, uh, they look comfortable after about they settled after about the first goal settled them and after that really like they always seem to have the extra man yeah like a a club team is going to go Mm. further I don't want to get get into a debate about it now Brian but just as a matter of interest do you think you should should be allowed in the county championship God I don't see why not you know something there you know that uh, they set a very high standard you know and teams can only improve if you're playing against teams of that quality you know that anything that will bring a team up you know that uh, they're playing a very high standard of football, yeah. like, and you know, so everybody benefits from that. Definitely, you know? definitely. Yeah. All right, that's uh, yeah. All right, um, the the Munster Hurland final, yeah, uh, one thirteen. The Pearshig uh, crushing nine points. What yeah. do you think? I, I, I said this last week that I thought the Pearshig win. They have one. Um, a very close game, and yeah, very very close. Goal is the goal is Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was nip and tuck the whole way through. And once the early in the game, it looked as if uh, after that they were after actually grabbing hold of the game. You know, they were yeah. going two and three points up, looking comfortable. Conditions were hard, you know, that, you know, passes were hard to pick yeah. off. But hurling is a hard game this time of year because the cold wanted to get at you. Like. Yeah, it was. A, but they play, both teams, you know, that they had two fabulous defences. Yeah. Fabulous defences. The commitment was great today, was it? Oh, ah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, for 55 minutes, at 50, I'd say 54, 55 minutes, there was two points between them, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was that last five minutes that made the difference, really. You yeah. know, once they got the goal, you know, all of a sudden they went from being two points up and struggling to being five points ahead and comfortable. Yeah. And that's really how it balanced out, really, you know. All right, we've moved on. Um, just a few interesting. John Miskle retired from the Cork scene, but it just came out there recently. Anthony Lynch has also retired. Uh, he was always going to retire too because he was struggling with injuries the last two years. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. 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 He's, 30, he's 34, 35 now too. So. And particularly difficult injuries to, to do anything with when you're mm. struggling with groin injuries and that's giving you 12 months, months out. If it was a case of, look, we'll go in, we'll have a fast operation and we'll be sorted. Yeah. But really yeah. you're talking about six to eight months. Their season has dragged on and all of a sudden you're finding like, should they make it, you know you're, you're talking about 12 months out before you're really yeah. back to that, that high that age, standard. At that age, and at that age, age, you don't have it. Okay. It's very, very difficult to come back with that injury, do you know? Okay. At that age. Yeah, all right. And just uh, one other news. Uh, Brian, what do you think is Brendan Cummins is staying on for another year? Fabulous goalie, isn't he, though? Ah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great, great goalie. Yeah. Good for you, good, you, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you should never step aside, like, give another fellow a chance. I don't know, he's, he's nearly you know, 40 now. He's still the best goalie in the in the country, though, you know? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he should be picked on merit, but he, 
I don't know. I think if the management, I'd give someone else a chance this year and have him in backup. You know, just have him in the sideline, give him a few pointers to the to the fella coming through. Probably will find that you probably will find as the as as the leagues when the league starts that there will be another goalkeeper yeah. deputising and trying that, to bring uh, him forward. Will be between the two of them, like you know, and just as happened in the rugby, like you can all you can quite quickly go from number one to number three. Yeah, you yeah. know, and that happens yeah. during the year quite quite easily. You know, yeah. so because you're number one at the start of the year doesn't mean you're going to finish number one. Or Number yeah. two. Sport exactly. is very fickle like that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah very sport fickle. Sport is very fickle, yeah. All, all right, and the uh, GPA uh, All-Stars there over in San Francisco at the moment. You see Christie wasn't able he to fly out late because there was some, would you know about it, Brian, some meeting in Middleton um, wasn't to, to celebrate East Cork GA. His new book came out, um, Illust- Illustrated yeah. History of uh, Cork GA. That's right, yeah, um, the Illustrated History of East Cork GA. 1924 be, to 2010. That's right, that would be a, be a fantastic <laughs> yeah. seller. That would be a fabulous it's seller. You'd, you'd have the comedy teams of uh, the 60s and 70s. That would be available in all good bookshops. The <laughs> shop down there as well will have that as well, I'd say. It's funny no, because I was reading it on the examiner. No better place. No better shop. No better. Christy Cooney <laughs> was... Uh, Christy Cooney was saying that um, he'd be shot if he if he didn't stay home for that because his his old fellow would have k- killed him if he <laughs> if he didn't stay home for it. Ah, you'd have to stay for that when you look at when you look at the greats that are that have been yeah. involved in GE over the over the time like you know yeah, hurling, hurling, and hurling and football like they've made a face cock have made a fantastic country and more so in recent years like you know but. My God, like, look at the contribution that the players have made. Like, all, you know, you can give all the senior hurling teams in these cars. That's too, like, right. They're like, all you know, fantastic. <laughs> so you couldn't miss that. Yeah. All right. And before we leave, we go, Brian. Um, I suppose you want to give an old plug for the shop. Uh, what are you doing this Christmas? Or? We're we're battling. We're, we're yeah yeah. Um, you know, I suppose really, uh, not alone my shop. Like you know, but I'd, I'd encourage people uh, shop at home. Definitely, yeah. You know, yeah. keep the old bit of business in town and drive the old town and, you know, um, make it better for everybody. Yeah. yeah exactly. Do you know what I mean? That, uh, you know, rising tide, rising tide lifts all the boats. Like, do you know what I mean? That it well isn't said, going yeah. Back, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks a lot for coming in this evening, Brian. Really enjoyed it. Thanks a million. No bother. We'll be back after this, lads. Player to player. Pimp to pimp. I'm leaving you shoot me, nigga. I'll do it. Do it. Now I'm believe he got it in me, Jay. Ah, shit. I'm gonna get that gun, and then I'm gonna get that money. And you ain't gonna do a damn thing, because you ain't gonna shoot no cop in the back, are you? Don't do it. You know what they give you for that? The gas chamber. You know what the gas chamber smells like? Pine oil. That's where you headed, boy. To pine oil heaven. I'm gonna get that gun, and then I'm gonna get that money. I don't believe you got it in you, Jake. I'm gonna go get it right now. Oh, shit! Ah, you motherfucker! The next one will kill you. Oh, son of a bitch! You shot me in the ass! Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. Okay. All right, look. Come on, Jake, I need the money. Give me the money, Jake. Give me the money, please, Jake. Give me that money! It's not gonna happen. Oh, you, you gonna jack me now? You gonna take my own money from me, huh? I told you that's my evidence. You wanna go to jail, you wanna go home. I wanna go home, Jake. Come on, give me the money, let me go home. Yeah, yeah. You wanna go home? Yeah, let me go home, Jake. Come on, give me the money, let me go home. Give me the money, let me go home.
don't deserve this. Jake, go ahead and bounce on me. Get up out of here. We got your back. What? Just like that. Oh, no, you didn't. Wait a minute. No, you did Hey, hey, Jake! Hey! Jake! 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 Come back here! Jake! You disloyal, fool-ass, bitch-made punk. Jake! I need my money! Jake! Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm putting cases on all you bitches. Huh? You think you can do this shit? Jake! You think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Shoe program, nigga. 23-hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go and walk away, because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Um, okay, that was uh, that was training day. Denzel Washington, um, top notch performance there. We said we'd give it a listen. That's the one you got the Oscar for, actually. Uh, to get training day, yeah, it yeah. was Eaton um, in Hawks. So. so we said we'd play it because if you're bored over Christmas, I'd give that a watch. It's basically about a crooked cop. But, anyways, this is a sports show, so we better get back to the sport. And you can text us on 087 and phone us on 024. Nine double one nine nine and Facebook and Twitter. Brian is after leaving us. What do you want to talk about, Ruby? Yeah, sure. Go on. We'll start with Ruby there. Aaron. Did you uh, see the monster match? I did. I actually bad loss no for like. There was, was away from home. Not to be fair. There was an understrength team though against the uh, Ospreys. Yeah, because uh, the Ospreys, the Australia were playing New Zealand or Australia were playing Wales. Yeah. Ospreys have really turned it around though. To be fair, and because uh, the the coach actually banned silver boots and he banned mm. hair gel. In yeah. the and he didn't want Gavin Henson back. He tried to come back, you know. So they're making the right steps forward, and there was some quality players on the show for Ospreys. But Munster have to be this. They, they have to open. They have two massive games against Clitley next week. But like the, uh, they started with a young team, didn't they? And they, yeah, they did. Yeah, and they kind of didn't work out. So they brought on O'Gara. He kicked the penalty and stuff. So. I still don't know. know they brought on the players with uh, twenty minutes to go on. They still didn't do much either, like you know. It's hard to come into a game though, twenty minutes to go too. Like yeah, I don't know. There are a lot, a lot of hopes of pinned on Zebo this weekend, uh, 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 Omani and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Probably dis- disappointing for them too. So. Yeah. I mean, how do you think they'll get on in the double headers, Kletley uh, home and away in the next two weeks? Um, I think they'll struggle but it's monster so they might get a result right. they get a losing bonus point away and they might sneak they've won games already that they don't right to win so exactly oh. and this is a, this is a monster they'll probably get a losing bonus point away and they won't get a four, four try bonus point at home but they'll get a three yeah. win anyway so. ok and uh, we must cover Leinster absolutely annihilated card of 52-9 did you catch any of this no playing very well though at the moment aren't they they're playing brilliant stuff 
yeah. you know it's real rock and roll at the moment in the RDS it's almost, it's almost scary like to think of it like the, the, they're still not firing in all cylinders like we, we're missing O'Driscoll still like and yeah. things like that like, so it's, yeah. it is kind of scary to, to think that um, yeah this Leinster team could go a lot further than what they've had been. and they're at the top of, the ga- at the top of their but, game at the moment like. and like it's it's been this is a product of the Leinster schools and their academies you know mm-hmm. they've had a great structure in place it's like when Clare won the All-Ireland in 95 and 97 was it they had good yeah. underage teams you know you have to put the work in at youth and Leinster are seeing it now and Munster aren't seeing it as much but it's, a t- it's, it's a con- complete act contrast then to Munster because you've Leinster also put out an inexperienced side you've Dave Kearney on the wing yeah. uh, Ono Malley centre uh, Reese Ruddock at, um, at Flanken so like Leinster boys are doing it like okay. you have to say well done Ulster had a good win 24-17 over the Scarlets yeah. at home you'd expect him to win too and Stephen also. Ferris got two tries yeah coming back to what he, he kinda, he's kind of kept going from the World Cup and he's yeah. kind of stepped up a small bit great player it Damien Duff you know if they were only both injury free for a good space of time they'd even be classer like you know yeah well like the, really, like Ferris could be Lions captain a couple of years time I think so I think he could be just a bold statement no? oh I think <laughs> Ferris on his day he's He's one of the best in the world. Like yeah. uh, you can take your Warburtons and you can take your Pococks, but Ferris will dog it, yeah, yeah, dog it, yeah. and he'll just he run at you, and there's no way you're gonna yeah, bring him yeah. down. Like I actually predicted this one: uh, Treviso fifteen, Connacht thirteen. Connacht are going bad at the moment, aren't they? They are. Uh, they kind of. I think the hype of the Heineken Cup kind of, and now they're kind of back to the flat of the the Rabo, and they're kind of yeah, reality is kind of kicking them in yeah. the in the teeth now. Just it. That's it. All right, I'm gonna play a clip of this fella. I didn't see him to be honest. Um, <sighs> sorry, Lee. <laughs> um, no, I just saw the line. Went to the golf there. I've had the best time of my life. I don't know about you, Aaron, but I'm really going to miss Shane Williams. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. He kind of he kind of reminds you that. Um, Robbie's not not just about the big fellas. Just it's about it. it's about it's about every type of player. You can be big, small, wide, thin, yeah. and, and everything. They uh, they lost uh, uh, eighteen twenty four, but uh, he got a nice try, and it was fitting that he got a try to the final, final try. Game. Like, yeah, it's no. disappointing I didn't win. Like, but still, good try in the end. Like, to be fair, yeah. all about Shane Williams. He took it on the outside, ran around, good pace. I don't want to put you on beautiful, the spot. Beautiful situation. Spot now, but is he going to continue playing the club game? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. I think he mightn't. Now I'm yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve Toomer was in here a few weeks ago and he made a good point that a lot of Irish players could learn from Shane Williams. You know, he's bowing out on a high now. You know, like maybe 
Brian O'Driscoll or someone or the likes of Brian O'Driscoll should run a guard in particular maybe should maybe go along Shane Williams route no? This is what do you know we're talking about more Munster being doggedly determined I suppose he's also doggedly determined to hang in there yeah. until as long as he can he'll hang in there I think well, like you go same with O'Driscoll like, yeah. it's just a mentality that they want to keep playing it's, I think for older players it's kind of harder because once you stop you're no longer going to the dressing on Monday morning you're no longer going to see the lads you're out of that you're on your own and it's kind of yeah. different life kind of you hear a lot of people say that you know when they finish it's totally different like Okay. Well, they fear the retirement as well, Brian, because you all of a sudden go from three or four hundred grand a year to nothing. Like, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. You I suppose you have to make the. It's only a ten-year career at most nowadays. You know, and oh, 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 but it's hard for this one too because he kind of he can half expect to need the surgery. Yeah. He he'd probably need surgery anyway if he was continuing or not. Yeah. So he'll probably see how he comes back, and if he doesn't come back well, he might he might give it up. O'Gara's a different story. O'Gara, I think, could hold on for another two years. Think, yeah, he he. I think he he might even stand try and get lines, but he won't get lines. But he'll no, try. He might hang on a monster. I'd say he might yeah. call it a day with Ireland. But um, other uh, headlines. Uh, Steve Thompson, the English hooker, has retired. Did you see that? Um, I didn't see that, but yeah, uh, he's kind of old. like a lot of English I, players are very old at the stage. You wouldn't think that, like you've uh, Dan Cole is about thirty as well, like and he be considered a young, uh, he only has about twenty caps for England. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Actually, I wanted to make a point there. I don't want to get into it now too much. But Shane Williams, uh, the English players could learn a lot from the likes of Shane Williams. They're crying after the game, representing his country, yeah. and coming out that England were only interested in making money. You know, and it's uh, it is true. Yeah, there's no like doubt about it. Wales and Ireland, I think, play for the jersey. Scotland less so. Yeah, and England don't at all. Okay, and what the big one, the big headline: Stringer going to Saracens, three month deal. Three month deal. Um, very good for Saracens. Saracens going well. In very good for Stringer. Very good for uh, yeah. At this at this is his third or fourth choice now. This stage, yeah. Duncan, we're not sure. If, wouldn't be sure if Duncan Williams is ahead of him yet. Yeah. But um, Saracen's second English Premiership. You know, it's a good good deal for him. And he, if he stays longer, I wouldn't be good at him because he he actually has to come back. I think uh, George Hook made a good point because he has to come back to claim his tax back. You know. <laughs> Charles Hawley brought that in a number of years ago we're not going to get into that now yeah. but I actually thought that was a great idea but anyway look that's beside the point um, good move for Stringer on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> time is pushing on I don't even want to cover this now uh, I talked about today in my first game for y'all and I cost him the game <laughs> I know St Mary's beat us 15-14 today you didn't go up and see any of that today no no, no. Um, I'll, I'll be up next week though I'll just give you a summary of it um, we had the game won we but I, I made a I, I played number 8 today I don't mean getting into myself but it's a long time since I played number, number 8, eight I'm yeah. a prop by trade and, um, you were second row before that I right? was I was but so, many moons ago I know yeah, um, yeah. but basically I went to pack I had to pick the ball from back to scrum all day because scrum was under a bit of pressure went to pick pop down intercept try, try and they were they were still down by a point in but then they got a penalty later on so yeah. I suppose you could blame the fellow to give away the penalty as well I suppose true, true but like not every player has a dream debut and sometimes players that have bad debuts uh-huh. turn out to be the best players sure Sam <laughs> but actually what was nice actually the all lads I after the game I said sorry lads I made balls that I hold my hand up and they say shut up will you we, <laughs> we, lose, as a, we lose as a team we win as a team yeah. so but hopefully we'll bounce, we're playing Clarny next week in Clarny so Clarny. tough game you'll probably have to do the show on your own next week so. yeah, sure we'll find someone around underneath the curtain somewhere maybe. that's it alright we're going to be talking soccer next so give a listen this was the big decision of the weekend give this a listen well, Alan, does 3-0 Chelsea tell the true story of the game today uh, not really no um Really disappointed today on a number of issues. Okay, bring them up. Which ones? 
Well, well, right, start with the red, start with the possible red card on David Luiz. What about that one? <clears throat> well, I asked him at half time why he didn't get sent off because he's the last man and we were in on goal. And he said to me he didn't have control of the ball. So I'll have to look at the rule book on that one. I'm not exactly sure what it means by that. To send it off, it's as simple as that. And um, that changed the game, you know. And uh, we didn't play great in the first half, I didn't think. But second half, we come out and really had a go. That's a couple of great chances. And the two goals at the end were galling because, you know, to lose both centre-halves in this game, um, is, you know, it's just too much, really. And uh, we never get open like that. But, you know, when you've got two experienced players off the pitch, it makes it very difficult. Just on that, Louis' decision, the explanation that I was given at half-time was that it wasn't a, a considered to be a goal-scoring opportunity. Do you think it was a goal-scoring opportunity based on th the way it was unfolding? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if any analysis would look at that and say it wasn't a sending off. He's in on goal, he's in behind Lewis and he brings him down. I just don't understand um, the logic of referees when that happens. I mean, you know, I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but I genuinely thought that the referee got that wrong. Okay, you could feel for Alan Perdue. And we're talking soccer now, so you can text us on 87 or phone us on 0249-1199 and obviously follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Aaron, what do you think of this? Do you watch it? Uh, Chelsea 3, Newcastle, Neil? Lewis should have been sent off. Clear as day. Yeah, I'm a Chelsea fan and I'll credit where credit is due. Definitely, 100%. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you can't argue with it. Um, you, do you hear that Alex is going to hand an interest for a request? And Anelka, Nicholas uh, Anelka. Is it as well? Yeah. I didn't know that. I think, you know who the two of them should go to now? Arsenal. I was going to say Sunderland. Uh, they're probably one of them will end up with Sunderland. <laughs> but I think Nicholas and Elka will be a great addition to Arsenal, especially, you know. Maybe Alex more so because... You know, Defensively. Yeah, 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 you know. But anyways, but what do you think of this game, Aaron? Do you watch it or anything? Uh, Newcastle has been unlucky last, like, in the last ten the minutes. They hit the woodwork five times. Yeah, that, that, that's typical Newcastle. Yeah. But uh, very, very lucky. They've gone to two goals the last ten minutes. Yeah. A couple of players in Colchini was a big loss for them in the end, like when you think about it. Yeah. And then he seems to go full, uh, going to centre-back. So it's kind of a bit harsh, and we're going to get a couple of players injured now. Small squad is not, yeah, not really come together now anymore. Yeah, yeah. How do you hold on now before Christmas? And you think a uh, big game for Chelsea this weekend, Tuesday night against who is it? Save me here. Cousin. Yeah, if they don't win, Andrew Villa boss, he's has to be on the way out. They need he, a win. They, a draw won't be good enough for records. Yeah. If they don't get through to the thing, yeah, he will be in big trouble. Yeah. If they don't get through to last uh, last sixteen, the you Champions what, 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 What's he going to do? Get rid of him and rebuild again. I uh, Gus Hiddings' shadow looms large over Stamford Bridge. I think. I think. So. Um, like it'll be interesting to see if uh, two things. If they if they win, yeah. If they get through, or if they get a draw and they go through and they barely scrape through, and it'll be interesting to see if he gets money in January to spend. If he doesn't get money in January, that I think that's a big sign that he won't be there yeah. come summer. Yeah. But if he gets money to spend and he buys maybe a centre back because he probably needs a centre back. Yeah. And maybe another midfielder, and he might sell a midfielder too. Talks of Frank Lampard being sold too, uh, a bit bit premature. But it if he gets money in January, we we'll, you'll know he'll be around for a while. Yeah. If he does get money, then he could be out the gate. All right. So that'd be interesting. Okay. Uh, I was watching the Premiership last night, and I tell you, Aaron, you're in big trouble. Man City looked awesome, five one against Norwich. But to be <sighs> fair, Norwich actually went to City to trying to play football. If they actually went more defensive, they would have stand a better chance. I thought. Um. Like people keep saying that oh Man City are massive and they're big and they're playing at home they're going to win you could you go, I could tell this especially. result before, you could tell this result two goals I would have predicted two or three goals before the match like because it's Man City at home versus Norwich a proposed team so yeah like yeah they're playing well but 
they have a couple of tough games coming up. They're, not, they're playing top teams. I think playing Liverpool, uh, Chelsea. I think United. I think we're coming up as well. We're also playing in the FA Cup. Uh, we'll come that was, yeah, we'll come back to that. Um, but uh, a couple of big games now coming up for Man City, and it'll be interesting how they get on the big games because this is really kind. Of, and then they're going to have a small slump sometime, and how to deal with that too. If they get past Christmas, I think they'll win it. That's a bold statement, so. no, but I think they will. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but they've conceded a lot of goals last. They've conceded a goal in each or last thing four or five games, I think. Yeah. Offhand, including Champions League, that is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're defensively not as solid as they were before. Okay. Uh, we're, I'm going to play a clip here of Gareth Bale crowd when you scored could you talk us through them um yeah was, <coughs> i think um, i had it done with adidas so um we planned it a few days ago which was which was nice to do and uh, yeah to show my own little tribute to him how special a moment was that for you uh yeah it was it was great i think personally for the team to get off to a good start and then uh, obviously i had a kind of the celebration planned if i did score and uh, yeah it was nice to to honor him in in that way how difficult a week has it been since you heard the news last weekend yeah, it's been it's been difficult for everybody, and and it's been a it's been a tragedy, really. I don't think anybody's seen anything like this come in. It's uh, it's a complete shock, and um, yeah, all our all our thoughts go out to uh, to his family and kids, and also for what he's done for Welsh football in such a short space of time. Yeah, definitely. I think um, not many people would have been would have been able to uh, get from 119th to to 45th. So um, yeah, he's done a great job for us in the short space of time, and uh, yeah, he'll be sorely missed. And you were playing against one of Gary Speed's former clubs today, and I think the Bolton fans really appreciated your gesture as well. Uh, yes, celebrated by them. So um, yeah, it was. I think I think every, when things like this happen in football, everybody comes together, and, and and it's important that happens. How good was the performance from Spurs overall today? Do you think? Um, yeah, I think uh, it was it was important we got off to a good start, which we did, and we spoke about before the game. I think um, it was a bit of a harsh sending off for, for them, to be honest. But um, yeah, we we created so many chances; it was it was frightening in the first half. It could have been maybe five or six nil, but um, yeah, their keeper had a blinder. So um, yeah, we, we we knew we had to keep plugging away, and, and the second and third would follow. So um, yeah, it was it was a great win, and and to lift ourselves and put pressure on the others above us. Okay, that was Gareth Bale, Tottenham's uh, winger. Um, just I don't want to go into too much now because we covered it last week. Gary Speed, did you read the article in the Irish Independent? Kevin Myers wrote. No, uh, I didn't. I'm sorry. Very interesting. Uh, he's actually after getting a lot of stick over it. Um, he's saying if Gary Speed didn't commit suicide, he wouldn't be being remembered as much and being uh, given such publicity and all this. Would you agree with that? Um. Well, he got lost because he died. If he didn't die, he would be just still Gary but Speed. Saying if he had a heart att- if he was saying basically, if he had a heart attack, would it be as big as him committing suicide? Probably not. But he still, they probably still would be in a minute silence because he's still a big personality within the game, yeah. being Welsh manager and uh, being connected to people like Gary McAllister. So, like people are still in their forties and forties that have played with him. So it would be yeah. a lot of players still playing have played against him Fair or with point. him. You know? All right. Uh, if you get a chance to read that during the weekend, yeah, it's very good. But uh, uh, speaking on Tottenham, then. Tottenham are, they're looking good I thought 11 straight matches now is it uh, um, something like that yeah Bale actually just a quick one Bale scored 4 and assisted 3 in the last uh, last 5 league games I thought Gareth Bale has turned into a fine player you yeah. know, I thought he was very he, good now he was really hitting form now this time um, scored there at the weekend uh, did you th- what do you think he was sending off Do you see that who was that now again G- Gary, Gary Cahill it was on, on the wing kind of remember he took the ball back inside and I saw the game and all. Like, oh, well, I was, watched the highlights. It was up sure. by the halfway line. Uh, he was he turned he fi- he dummied uh, clearance down the line, turned back inside ball behind him. I think it was Bale. I think kind of took it away and he he clattered into him. Cool. It, it was around the halfway line, but I do think it was sending off because the four was across on the other side of the pitch and he was through. If yeah. if Bale wasn't through, the four was in for a goal. So it was 
it was last man alright uh, I just think Gabriel I love his crosses you know the yeah. swinging ones from the left I think they are top notch him you know? and Nani are the best crosses in the Premier League I think definitely uh, alright uh, Aston Villa nil Man United won um, tricky game for United in Villa Park wasn't it it's always it's always tricky when you're expected to win because Villa don't have a good record against United so in that respect it was a tricky game but United dominated the first half second they, half they'll always give you a tough game though having said that they do yeah second half was a totally different story but uh, first half I think we dominated we should have scored a couple of more goals in the first half maybe yeah. Hernandez went off actually kind of helped us I think because Nanny went up front and so. he did very well yeah. Nanny had a great cross for Jones' goal Mass- yeah. oh it was a beautiful dinked cross for on his bad leg on, into Jones and Jones finished it superbly massive game for you to join the week Basil isn't it uh, Basil yeah we have to I think we, we can draw and go through but I think we need to win really to get top to group top to group okay um uh, Wigan nil, Arsenal four. Uh, God save Van Persie. Uh, yeah, I think without him, they're uh, they're they are kind of lost. He even scored in this one. Like, when does he not score? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, Arsenal top top form. Arteta, Vermaelen scored his first Arsenal's first um, headed goal for something like a year. I think something yeah. strange like that. It just for, tells you how such good footballers they are as well. That know? yeah, they they don't head, they don't they don't figure yeah. from corners or set pieces. They only wa- go. For I was goals. watching this. George Chukwu always makes the point. Uh, speed in sport is like the drive in golf. You know. Yeah. I was watching Walcott. The speed on him is frightening. He set up. Uh, I think it was Van Persie's goal. Yeah. You know whatever about him not being able to finish. Like his speed alone, I'd have him in any team. Just to finish what I said. The, the corners is a hundred and seventy nine corners without a goal. And it's the first header goal in 179 corners. That's amazing. That's, that, that's more than a year, I'd say. That's two or three yeah. years. Okay. Uh, QPR won. West Brom won. Um, QPR should have won this. They had so many chances in the first half. It was absolutely ridiculous. They should have beaten them. Joey Barton went through on goal and he kind of clipped it wide. Just typical QPR. Played brilliantly. Had all the chances yeah. and conceded a breakaway goal to Shane Long, who, who did score. It was a good goal, I must say. I must say. But silly, silly, silly QPR. Blackburn 4, Swansea 2. Cracker of a game. Was it? Yeah, it was. A lot of kind of back and forth. Yagubu scored four goals. Yeah. Yeah, as you thought he set with a hat trick. Oh, I watched, yeah. He stepped up, took the penalty he, as well. He never, he? here's a stat, he never uh, lost a game where he scored a, uh, the opening goal. Serious? Yeah, I, they were saying that in the Premier League. You'd nearly sign him for just for that. Like, yeah, so. Promote fun. Great player, though. I always had time for him. Um, do you, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know a if powerhouse, he's. Powerhouse, like. You know? He's a powerhouse, but I don't think there's kind of, he wouldn't be top, top striker. Like, he left Everton because I don't think he was getting a game and he didn't really suit Everton. But, okay. uh, yeah, he's, he suits Blackburn. Everton nil, Stoke one. Um, yeah worrying, mm. worrying times for uh, Moyes David Moyes at the moment it is because like, they're, they're losing players they've no money and they've lost their tether now and they're kind of it always amazes me how David Moyes has England to another club because I think in my opinion he should uh, take over Alex Ferguson I think he's a great manager and he's really fighting a losing battle yeah. every year at like, Everton they always take two steps forward and then they have one step back um, so like you, you like they have no money and they're, going, they're a selling club they're bringing in like half half ass players like Louis Saha, yeah. You know, and they've good young players like like um, like Coleman, like Rodwell. So it's kind of a half a house kind. Of, and you're thinking, will he ever just leave? <laughs> All right, yeah, he should. Uh. Yeah, a uh, great result for Mick. He always pulls it out when he needs it at most, doesn't he? Two one, Sun- two one, two one Wolves against Sunderland. Yeah, uh, Steve Fletcher scored two goals. Yeah, great stri- I've great time for Steve Fletcher. You, 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 is your striker. Steve Fletcher is my one. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Martin O'Neill has a tough job ahead of him, I think. A word on that, Aaron. Great appointment, yes or no? Very good. Uh, better yeah. appointment than Mark Hughes. Better, better I, manager. I actually thought Mark Hughes would get it because Martin O'Neill would probably be more, more expensive because he is such a 
Goodman. I thought he did a great job with Villa sure, when he was there. You know? he, did, he did a massive job with Villa. Yeah. But uh, again, it's the same thing with David Moyes. The, the chairman sold a lot of good players. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Um, like uh, Sunderland, he could be, could get a good good run in Sunderland. Buy a striker, buy maybe another midfielder, and it could be challenging. Okay. Um, just the FA Cup third round draw was mentioned, and you'd be delighted to know you got City, Aaron. Absolutely. I'm actually delighted. Uh, yeah. Because now we can beat them and uh, put that to bed. What uh, happened? What if you don't beat them? What if we don't beat them out of the FA Cup? Okay. And um, we ca- we concentrate the league, okay. and uh, we beat him in the league. All right. <laughs> was able to catch a word with this fella. Yeah, all the teams is difficult because um, also Spain, also Italy, Italy know very well uh, us, and also Croatia. Croatia is a strong team because uh, there are uh, creative players in Croatia. Their attitude mentality is very, very strong. I think, uh, okay, Spain is famous with the World Cup and then uh, the winner. But, but also Croatia, also Italy. We know, we know our position in ranking. The West, back. Now we have to play with other mentality, believe it, what is all is possible. Okay, that was Giovanni Trap 20. Great. Uh, what am I on about? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what do you think of the draw, Aaron? Um, tough draw. Um, we could do it, though. Yeah. We're tough, but we could do it. Uh, yeah. Playing instantly, I wouldn't fear Italy. I wouldn't fear Spain, even though we should fear Spain, but I wouldn't because... You have to get something against Croatia, though. Or um, Croatia would be the biggest game I'd fear because Croatia has the ability to unlock us, but Luka They're Modric... Great team Spain, of Croatia, Sp- Spain, Spain without a Zavi. Uh, who's currently injured? Um, not not the proposition they would be without him. He he would be their moderate, and without him, they would lack a bit of penetration. We were actually talking about this Friday night. Um, myself and Dara, uh, no offense, no Dara, but he was making the comparison to um, we did well against him in two thousand two. Yeah, totally different. Uh, no, totally different. You know, like but I was still. I think Spain passed the ball across midfield, and that's all they do. They've towers up front with David Villa. David Villa. They've no real kind of uh, messy kind of of the Barcelona ilk. Yeah. So. They pass the ball, they keep the ball all day, but that would suit us because we chase the ball all day. We're actually, very fit. It'd actually be a great trip to go on because it's exactly a week more or less to our, our group games. But uh, all right, few predictions, Aaron. How do you think we're going against Croatia? Um, one nil loss. All right. Um, Italy is up next, isn't it? Uh, one nil win. Sp- oh, ball st- uh, Spain. Nil nil draw. Yeah, I actually think. All right. <laughs> what do you think? The draw could have been a lot worse. To be honest with you, I'm yeah. delighted we didn't get Germany because I think Germany would win it. I think oh Germany yeah, would Germany would hammer us. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I think Croatia, they're they're not as good. They're not much better than us. Okay. Yeah. And I think um, I think Italy. We never feared Italy. You know? No, we don't fear. Italy. So, but I would seriously fear Spain. Would you? Yeah. I, I would, don't fear Spain uh, as much as as uh, the next would, person. Would you stop? No, come on. They got quality players. Yeah, then uh, was but it like our, our would make the team. Our sum is greater than our parts. Yeah. Barcelona or Barcelona, Spain, their their sum is less than their parts. Yeah. They're all uh, individuals. I don't know. I think those days are gone with their big egos. I think it's all about Spain now. You know, that's how they won the world. We'll see how the big egos fare against Kevin Kilban and his slide tackles. Oh, Kevin <laughs> Kilban, <laughs> bring back Lee Carsley while you're at it, Sean. Um, Roy Keane's on the doors. Oh yeah. All right. Next up is our uh, winners and losers section. <laughs> Aaron, kick us off there because we're under a bit um, of pressure here with time. Uh, winners this week, Roy McIlroy. Um, uh, won this week by two shots in the Hong Kong Open. Um, he could still pip Luke Donald um, to be a European Money Tour um, prize. Uh, 
Uh, other winners, uh, Roger Federer, ATP, we were talking about last week, ATP final winner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's his sixth one, so yeah. he's definitely a winner this week. Uh, Giovanni Tapitoni, I think he's a winner, because we got a good group. Yeah. All right, that's open to debate. Um, I'll give you a, a loser there. Munster were definitely losers at three yeah, games. Yeah. They lose to a second definitely, string definitely. in the last Never Um never was the loser for his uh, <laughs> ridiculous pass today. Um Give us a few more. Uh, Loses Wes Brown, got um, Steve Bruce sacked by his terrible back pass last week. And you see, actually, uh, there's talks Rio Ferdinand and Vidrich could be out of Man United come this summer. Didn't hear that. Yeah. Um, uh, other losers this week um, has to be Steve Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Bruce and Wes Brown, both losers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, winners then, this week? Um, any, uh, well, uh, I suppose you covered it. I covered it, yeah. Uh, any other winners for you? Uh, no. No, not really. I, I suppose Spain are kind of the winners. Well, they're not really. You know, they, Germany are the winners. Yeah, they got an easy group, did they? Yeah. All right. So. Oh, actually, Russia are the winners. Got, they got the easiest group going. Uh, they got Greece, Ukraine, and uh, Czech Republic. Yeah. Simple group for Russia. Should be, should see them in the last uh, eight. I suppose Alan, Alan Perger was uh, a loser because he was kind of he was hard done by. You know, if Louise got sent off that time, the whole game would have changed in the Chelsea Newcastle game. I think that makes Louise a winner. No one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll leave, look, we'll leave it on that. Uh, remember, you can also uh, look at us on um, Facebook and uh, Twitter. We'll be throwing up a few articles that uh, pick our interest during the week. But uh, keep in touch. I'm Nev. I'm Aaron. And we're out of here. to Yalltown and the surrounding rural area on 104 FM. You're in tune with Community Radio Yall.